Hello and welcome to Phil Nonsense. This is a Scottish podcast discussing and debating all current events and the age-old questions while being incredibly, incredibly unequipped to do so. Um, the way we ain't kind of hosted podcasts is we're joined by a few people here tonight, so I'll kind of kick over as we usually do, kind of pass the ball over to Kenny just to say hello. All right. <laughs> You're a bunch of pesticides. Pestophiles. Pestophiles. <laughs> That's a new one. Tell you what, that, that, that gives you an inkling of what Kenny may uh, be talking about in his, his views towards the general public. All the test files. But aye, have a good new year. Uh, aye. Uh, aye. I've had another one in my... I could count on one hand how many of these two-day hangovers I've had now. Uh, I've had another one, so we're maybe maybe pushing on to the second hand with that now. Beautiful. Yeah. Just gonna keep powering through. Aye. Uh, chundering. <laughs> chundering the next day. It's all right to be chundering on the night, but when you're ch- chundering the next day, that's when you know like something's went nice. down. I didn't no, want no, that. It was nice. It was nice. What about you guys? Good man. Good. Well, what were you? Like? What were you doing? How was uh, your New Year? Uh, mine was good, but mine was really quiet actually. We sat up here and watched just the normal telly, like the classic normal telly buzz, trying to see if Jackie Bird was going to make a return, but she didn't fire back up on the screens, unfortunately. No. So we sat and watched. <laughs> it's not, it's uh, just a new year without Jackie Bird. It is, isn't it? You didn't feel you didn't feel or right. It's a like to- a new year without Jackie It's Holland. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like uh, we've went back more than ninety grand a year. Uh, Unreal. I seen the the back of your dad's head twice, Bill. Did you? Where were you? Was were you in Alva? Aye. <laughs> Walking past the house. There's the back of Neil's dad's head twice. <laughs> Did you not give him a wee, a wee wave? I mean, it would have seen me. I still got eyes in the back of his head. I mean, you'd hate to be a wee honker honker. I just went, the first time I walked past the house, I was like that to my bud. I was like, see that? That's still his mum and dad's house, that one there. And then the second time we walked past, I was like, hey, baby, that house there, that still his mum and dad's house right there. <laughs> and that was it. His head was there both times. It was like deja vu. <laughs> was he just sitting watching the telly? Oh, his big telly was right at it, man. Cutting soaking. His big head and his big telly was big just there. Big head telly, right at curtains open. What will they Well, you need a big telly for a big head, so. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> Dale's dad. I know you're listening. Uh, you're a keen listener to this podcast for some reason. One of the nine. One of the nine. Come on. It's to the audience sizes. Thank you for our nine unique listeners out there. We appreciate your custom. Um, <laughs> and... Marcel, hello, Danny. I had a fine, fantastic New Year as well. Ended up sitting in a van watching fireworks at the Wallace Monument, uh, the Mel Gibson Monument, as some Americans call it. Um, and it was amazing. And then kind of came back and got a wee bit drunk and danced to me and Kirsten until about three, four in the morning. It was good. Oh, party, party too. Aye. But, um, bye. Well, for our veteran listeners will know um, that how this podcast is set up, you know, the, the structure of things where we kind of 
kick around the the hosting responsibilities, picking a topic, and we went for the first time. Mm, we don't actually know what the topic is. Kenny is uh, <laughs> hosting for this week. Me and Dale oh, going yeah. blind. Elliot couldn't join us because he's um, spent some time with some family and thought that they would be chipping in with their opinions on the podcast. And Elliot felt it was better if that was left uh, to another time. So fair play Fantastic. to him. Hello, Elliot. I know you're listening. He lives with a bunch of Nazis anyway. Probably don't want to hear what they're talking about. Feliz Navidad, Elliot. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, man. I knew it wasn't a coincidence that hair in those eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but aye, so the you know bar, let's let's kick it over, Kenny. Do you want to take the reins on this? Um, take take the steering wheel. Do I want to, or, or is it more a do I have to? It is well, my go. Put, put it this way: I'll if, be taking them. You didn't this is going to be an office shop podcast because me and Dale aren't prepared for anything else. <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm but, sure we could probably make a like a thing out of it though. Oh, would wing it. Would wing it. <laughs> One thing that is going to be different about tonight, though, guys, is we're going to introduce a wee bit of a new structure to things that we've not tried before, but we're hoping it's going to work out. We're going, to set, us up, going to bring some streamlining and a wee bit of structure to this. Absolute nonsense. That's madness. Madness. Um, Full of nonsense, all this. There's method to the madness. We have, we have previously just been passing it on to each individual one by one as we went along. This time, we're just going to be hitting it with a 30-minute timer per question. And do you, do you, do you have just, a cooking timer? I've just got my phone here, and I'm going to try and pay attention to it so that horrendous iPhone alarm doesn't go off in the middle of the podcast <laughs> as well. I'm just going to try <laughs> and catch it within, within the last 10 seconds or so. Um, I need to keep swallowing my heartburn as well. I'm telling you, man, this today hangover. <laughs> You know, you need to go load yourself up on two triple cheeseburgers for McDonald's. That That's a cure oh, for any oh, Jesus, man. It's when I just start drinking, I'm putting the IPAs down again to try and get rid of this, but it's bringing the heartburn back up. Like, Aye. It's, it's it'll, be, it'll be a solid week of like massive meals that you've had. Yeah. That's oh, hot. It's none worse than trying to drink when you're on a full stomach. You need to talk anyways, to a man called Rennie. You know Rennie. the guy. Hey. <laughs> Talk to Rennie. Aye, jumps in your throat with a fire extinguisher. <laughs> Classic Rennie patter. Mr Rennie. Mr Rennie was my primary school uh, head teacher. He was a big, white-haired, red-faced, angry motherfucker. Aye. Aye. You have to be if you're a, a head teacher. Oh, you have Absolutely. to be if you're putting it hard, bud. <laughs> True, okay. <laughs> Both those jobs require hard, a hard bastard. That's got to be me. Proper hard graft, guys. Hard graft. <laughs> Are you guys ready? Uh, I mean, my, my cheeks are spread, mate. Ready when you are. Let me. I'm going to swap seats with, with Bruce Buffer, right? Okay. Bruce Buffer. Coming in to introduce us. Brucey. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen of the Phil and Nonsense Arena. Woo! <laughs> 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 It's time. <laughs> that was awful. <laughs> uh, I'm fighting through it, man. Three 30-minute rounds. Oh. Ding, ding. 
overpopulation. Versus, oh. uh, versus sustainability. Oh. Yeah. Overpopulation versus sustainability. We're going to, the fairs are going to find out where the real stinker is between the fairs, and it's going to help everything. We're going to solve uh, all the problems. Yeah, let's, that's what we do, mate, isn't it? Is we fix the world. And well, we would our... if more than nine folk listened to it. <laughs> the world would be yeah, mate, those nine folk are enlightened. <laughs> they are our world. <laughs> Fighting no. out of the blue corner by way of St. Ninian Sterling. <laughs> it's Dale. <laughs> Daily Sea, the first monster flat. <sighs> Weighing in. Uh, an unbelievable 175 pounds. I don't know. <laughs> I think we're a wee bit heavier now. Oh, yes. Debating out of the green corner. It's Danny. Danny Ming Mong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Danny Ming Mong Mini. That's uh, uh, twice I'm going to have to edit that one out on Daylight. <laughs> fighting out of Bannockburn, Scotland. By way of Aloha. Representing. <laughs> and myself. I'm fighting and refereeing at the same time, so it's going to be a mad buzz for me, like, trying to... Trying Seems to what you guys are doing. <laughs> yeah, no, you're... They'll get in a minute, you to bring out the steel chair. <laughs> Eat <up>. Anyone. <laughs> I'll warn myself if I, if I do any iPods or anything out of order, I'll be like, right, Kenny, that was... <laughs> Reel it, reel it back, mate. Reel it back. The rules are simple. I want a clean debate. <laughs> Nay, nee iPoten through the virtual, virtual iPoten. I've been playing a lot of cyberpunk. That shit could be possible, like in the near future. <laughs> what virtual oh, iPoten? <laughs> I'll poke your eyes through that iPad camera, like. Um, <laughs> aye, so we're gonna. I mean. We're going to try and figure out what the real stinker is between these two issues because, as far as I'm concerned, you've got the trouble child or grandchild of overpopulation, be it the efforts towards sustainability. So we're going to debate the link between overpopulation and sustainability. What's the family tree there? The grandchild? What? <laughs> I mean, the in, the, in the green corner, in the blue corner, and the grandchild. Oh, mate, no, I, I'm fighting at the whatever the other colour is corner and refereeing at the same time. <laughs> oh, it just might be the red corner. We've moved on past all that. I gave a buffer in effort. <laughs> I mean, on one side of the fence, I mean, You've got sustainability, right? We're all yes. vegan. Got some, got some windmills. Got some solar panels. This is David Attenborough. There's Greta Thunberg. Do you know what I mean? We're all, we're socialist, pro-choice and all that. Unless you eat meat, and then it's like, that's kind of against the cause. But we're trying. We're trying. You've got overpopulation. Maybe we should all be able to do whatever we see fit. 
maybe Dale should be able to eat three steaks a day. Maybe it's all right that his pickup only does four miles to the gallon. Yeah. <laughs> if there was less folk. You're describing Dale's dream life, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I live that life every day. Like that'd be brilliant. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, like sustainability, the subject of sustainability is just the the doom child of overpopulation. Because for I suppose half a million of years, four to five hundred thousand years or so, humans were here. And everything was chill. And then David Attenborough was born this one time, like 93 <laughs> years ago. Ben Kemp. Then, there was like two, two billion folk then. 93 years later, there's like eight, nine billion folk. And we're all stressing out about whether Dale's got tofu or steak on his plate. <laughs> and I just wanted to know what you guys thought about all this. Like, is it overpopulation? or as human beings efforts towards being sustainable or their lack of efforts towards being sustainable that's ruining the planet and that's what I wanted to know what you guys thought about and I'm going to start the 30 minute timer now and then we're going to see where we get be a catcher it's anybody's game this is we're all standing at the cage and we're free to enter the the center of the octagon (laughs) Dale's footwork is not on point. (laughs) 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 What do you think, Dale, I think that we're on this, like, if we're looking at a chart in terms of population, we're obviously skyrocketing. We're going right up, right up. And you, what were we saying? Was it 9 billion now? Is that what we're sitting at? Aye. Although you did start, did start a very exciting bit of part of there by, if we imagine a chart. <laughs> I was just, I was just imagine you a chart. You can see behind me fucking getting out the pointer and scalping the blackboard. <laughs> I wish I had one of the whiteboard things, so I'd be interactive whiteboards that you could cast anything up. Oh, That'd be quite a cool so. feature in the podcast. Yeah. But... Um, for everyone who watches the podcast. I, I genuinely think it's going to just even out. I don't think it needs to be, inter, like anything needs to intervene at, like, I mean, sustainability and everything like that does come into this, but I think it's eventually, no matter what way we're going to go, it's just going to cap anyway, because we're already starting to see that kind of cap. We've touched on this before, about people our age not having children. Uh, go back 20 years ago that was obviously quite an un- unseen thing like everybody was like getting a house and having kids and stuff like that and I just think it shifts in times and attitudes that obviously we're getting exposed to a hell of a lot more media now as well so we know a lot more than what our mums and dads did even so yeah. I think that plays a massive role in it understanding what we are actually doing to the planet and seeing it for a first hand because all oh, this is just kind of coming up in the last what 15 years would you say about 15 years it depends i mean i think the idea of global warming or or, or whatever was getting famous in like even back in the 70s or so and you had the whole all the happy vibe and they were all pretty aware of like global warming it wasn't like we never really 
called it climate change until more recently, maybe what you're thinking about. But um, it's definitely been, I know what you mean, like the growth of knowledge has definitely helped as we're all more aware of of what the things that we're doing, like whether the whether they've got a, an adverse effect. But then I suppose what you're saying is, do you think, so do you think if things were, they weren't to get worse, but they were to stay roughly as they are now, that that would be fine or that that, that would be all right? Because way the way that it's that I'm reading things is that even continuing on as we are now is isn't an option for survival. So it's not a case of like oh it's, it's whether it's getting worse. It's the fact that it needs to be like drastically better than what it is now. If, I don't know if that's just what I'm understanding. Right. I think is well, what you're saying is. There's going to be two forms of different realities that you could take. So we're almost at a crossroads here. We could obviously go down the route of no touching meat again and going down that kind of sustainable lifestyle route, ripping out all the palm oil things, trying to make things as they were before. So trying to be like repopulate the rainforests and yeah. help out. Then go down the whole nuclear route, go towards like the more natural resources route. I think that is like a a great reality go down but you've also got the other reali- reality where people are going to solve these I think they're going to solve these problems inevitably anyway even if we don't really take action now I think there's always going to be a solution in the way it might not be a pretty one don't get me wrong we might be sitting here like night city through cyberpunk but <laughs> you know I what I mean I... I don't know what reality would be better because obviously some people would say the lovely green luscious lands, seeing all the same species that you ever did before, but then there's the other side of it where it's like, we could go down this other route and create new species and go for a, a whole new world. <laughs> I think I'm taking this way I, off field, but I don't know. it could happen. I think it's just the idea that we're not, we don't, whether we you think about it or not, like fan, cyberpunk's obviously fantasy, uh, we, whether we like it or not, we are not able to function without the world that you you talked about previously. And it's not about looking, it's not about watching an Attenborough programme before he made programmes as, I guess, um, intense as that recent Netflix one that I think you're thinking about, like nature programmes and the ones where you just got to like, oh, look how cool that like multicoloured bird is or that strange like deep sea creature or whatever. It's the fact that like biodiversity and um, these masses of rainforests and that that, are, that accumulated over time, they're, they're the things that have brought the ecosystem to, to a sort of um, stable standpoint where we're all able to exist like we do we rely on that on that stability that, i think that's what the the concern is so i'm not i don't think that a world that like they portray in mad max and cyberpunk and stuff like that is as possible um and and that we could survive in that i, I think that that would bring an end to us what do you think danny well i think the overpopulation thing and the sustainability thing, I think the idea of overpopulation doesn't necessarily matter if the sustainability message and objective is the key thing. Because regardless of how many people you are, if you have a sustainable model that um, gives back as much as it takes, then that system of energy and production, whatever, is 
will just go on indefinitely. So the the so as long as that was modelled to the population, then I wouldn't say overpopulation was necessarily going to be a problem, because we'd solved everything to make how we lived and how we existed on this planet completely sustainable. However, what Dale was saying in terms of uh, the population, as I think we spoke about this before, but um, it's something like 2050, 2056, it said that the population of the planet will peak, and then after that it will shrink again. Now, I think as scary as the idea of um, climate change and like that is right now is that's to me seems to be something I kind of agree with Dale with this one. It's something that can be tackled. The thing where I maybe disagree slightly is where change is required. Like I agree with Dale where we will come up with the solutions to fix these problems. However, what I kind of get a bit bugged at is some of these solutions are being proposed right now and this, the same people, not necessarily Dale, but the same people that would say, ah, well, we'll figure it out. There'll be people that solve these problems. It's these people that are saying, well, you, you need to stop doing this and start doing this and all that sort of stuff. Those same people turn around going, well, no, no, we're not doing that. We'll just continue as we are. We'll do what we want until, and then until it becomes kind of crisis point, And then they are hoping that somebody will step in and come out with this technological solution that will fix all the problems so they don't have to deal with the consequences of their actions. Like that, that bit argument tends to kind of bug me a wee bit because I think... We absolutely can tackle this. It's not out of a realm of possibilities of doing any of this stuff. You know, it's, the technological investments in the past 100 years overshadow things that have happened in the past uh, 500,000 years. You know, so that's how quickly we have accelerated and changed. And that's what's been the cause of growth is because it's so easy now to live uh, maybe not necessarily a healthy lifestyle, but it's easy now to get to be fed. You know, you're not you're not going two three days scavenging for food, um, trying to hunt down um, a bit of meat or some berries and stuff like that. You know, it's like there's because food and everything is so readily available. That's why, and because resources are easy, easier to come by due to you know how we do things and the likes of Jeff Bezos at Amazon um, drop oh, him in for his fifth mention. God, honestly <laughs> keep going we need to keep going um, it's like we don't want for anything now so the ability there's no consequence for us having a family you know even as we said before like 50 years ago having a large family was all was a survival mechanism because if you were a poor family you had a big family to either work a farm or go find a job to bring money back to the house that's not really required now therefore we are having smaller families and the countries that are still generally having bigger families they are getting to a point of prosperity now where even them are starting to their family sizes are starting to peter out because you know the death rate in children is so much lower so you're not continuously having kids hoping that three out of ten survive you know you're you're having maybe five or six kids and you maybe lose only one. Um, I realise that math doesn't quite tie up, but you know what I mean. It's um, so yeah. I, yeah. I, I just I just think if the priority is sustainability, as lo- whatever happens, 
if that's the priority, then we can solve it. Um, but it means that choices need to start being made. And this, you know, forgetting the, the climate change and things like that, because to me, sustainability trumps all that because it fixes it, all the same problems that climate change and that is causing is, I think, as yeah. society and as governments and all that, we need to stop talking about carbon. We need to stop talking about um, CO2 gases and all this sort of shit. Is yeah. We start forming societies that are sustainable, but the problem with that and this is always going to, this is why we are constantly getting fed two completely opposing opinions is if you have something that's sustainable you can't have something that grows because you need a continuously grown economy for people to earn interest on a, um you know like to have their houses uh gain money you know like yeah sort of stuff and it's the same with population as well so the moment the world population starts shrinking the economy will collapse so that's 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 something that's going to have to happen in our lifetime where there's going to be a crisis point where there's not enough people there's too many people that can't work uh, or old or anything like that that can't take care of themselves um, or pain in the economy and there's not enough people underneath them to prop them up for them to survive so when we get to the point where we are 60s 70s if we live that long we are not going to be in a nice position at all because the guarantee that will become you know it's a very sci-fi but it's the conversation of it's not sustainable for us to have all these old people so maybe we should have a law where they're euthanized at the age of 65 because they don't they don't contribute to society you know it's like shit like that generally i think will come into our conversations um politically and things like that in the next kind of 20 years when we start or maybe 20 30 years when that starts becoming the problem however again if it's just sustainability that we're going for the population doesn't really matter because we don't need growth we just need for how much we are taken out of from the earth to survive we need to be given that back and maybe at this moment in time we need to be given a bit more back for it to recover this is what I, I always boil back to, though. I, I just have you not have either of you watched the latest? Have you watched the the Attenborough documentary on Netflix yeah. about the, the his witness statement from his lifetime from zero to ninety three? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember the part at the end? Not the part where. The documentary suggests how to uh, solve the issues, but the part where it it, it goes on to, to speak about what it predicts will happen if there's no change. Mm. Like I've seen that. There's no. It's not like this is what I always boil back to. I don't. I think that our perspective is that the population that we have that we've become a part of is that's the 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 goal to aim for is to not grow from this um and to just stay where we are and then try to be sustainable but the point is that i feel as though again this is like whether this comes across in what i'm saying i feel that sustainability or that whole subject is the granddaughter of our size of our population 
I don't. I'm. I'm not sure that that the world. If the world had a voice, if you were asked the world what it wants from humanity to change, I don't think it would be, um, mostly towards all of the things that they're trying to change within the sustainability argument. More than it would be just the amount of human beings that we have and what it take, what each human being takes to survive. I think. I. I just. I personally don't believe that that um the population is sustainable so therefore how can it, how can we talk about sustainability well, i don't i don't think that our population of human beings is on this planet sustainable that's what worries that was that's what worries me well you see you see if you think about things like so for example vertical this farms is what, this is what the majority of the scientific community believes as well. This is this is that I suppose is why that stresses me out. But again, but see, this is where I think the population conversation kind of becomes a moot point if sustainability is done right. So, so you think think about the basic things that as a human being we need is usually shelter, um, it's food and it's sleep. You know, that's kind of the three kind of basic survival things, and they're shagging, obviously. But um, the three kind of biggies, sleep, shelter, and food, right? So in terms of being sustainable, if we, if you think of those three things, um, kind of take sleep out of the equation because you, that kind of becomes one and one with shelter, I'd say. Uh, so it's really shelter and food are the two things that at the moment, because of our growing population, those two things are in danger because we can't currently sustain those two principles with our population. It's not, it's not the survival of it's not the survival of the individual life though, it's the long term survival of the ecosystem that we rely on, which as Aye. far as I'm seeing, going ahead where we are now, I believe probably billions of people before where we are now I'm not sure that we can go ahead in a way that is sustainable long term well what what I mean by when I was saying it was sustainable you think about again shelter and food take shelter the size of houses and things like that that we live in the amount of area that we take up and if you take um, how smaller smaller scale kind of homes and things like that have started to take off, you know, with like van life, the tiny house movement, things where you've got yeah. kind of high density populations, the likes of Japan and Tokyo and stuff, and they, where they've got much smaller um, more sustainable, say, footprints where you can have more people in an area than you would before. So from a shelter aspect, if we were able to get something that is a nice place to live, it's nowhere. It's not excessive. It kind of everyone can survive in it, and it doesn't damage the ecosystem. There's that shelter part ticked. The food side of things, again, that's going to be tackled now. But you've got things like vertical farms. When if you know, if we swap to things like a ve- um, vegetarian diet um, or a vegan diet, is it's much more sustainable, with the exception of soy, um, to grow and regrow vegetables and you can do that very quickly versus 
um, rearing animals yeah. um, and the emissions and things like that they cause. So it's this is what I'm talking about is if you have a sustainable model where you can feed and house um, humanity while not irreparably damaging the ecosystem and that it, and giving yeah. back to it, you know. So it's like, yeah. but that I go I go back to again. Is in the moment we are still stuck in the mindset of a constant economy of growth where we always need to be taken and taken and taken. Um, you know, it's like if we had homes that never cost anything to run because they just ran off the sun uh, or geothermal heat and things like that. If though if we had homes like that, then we wouldn't be paying energy companies for to heat the homes. Therefore, the energy companies go bust. Do you know what you see? What I mean? It's yeah. like, so there's always going to be that stagger of industries will fall the moment we become a sustainable society because we don't need yeah. them. Yeah. So like this is why. There's such a, for me, I feel there's an incredibly fine line between the population of humanity and sustainability, which I know I understand most people don't like to admit or want to think about. But that is because, see, the, the things that you described there, that I suppose you're saying you wouldn't, you personally, Danny, you wouldn't have a problem with adjusting your lifestyle to the things that you're explaining are the necessity in order for us to survive long term yeah like the world right now when i say the world i mean the world of humanity is proven that it is is proven every day that they are not capable of adjusting to the the things that will need to be adjusted to in order to survive long term and that and you've got people that's just the way that people are and like obviously one of the big problems is the economy and whether being sustainable um, is going to benefit or, or hinder the economy. But um, that's one of those things that's like... That's what I was saying at the start, because we could go down these two routes and I genuinely think we're going to go down the, the cyberpunk kind of fucking night city town, like 100% that's the way that we're going to go. And that I have be, no idea what you're that, talking about when you're talking about <laughs> nice uh, cyberpunk. I'm like, and for me, my, for me and the fellow listeners who haven't got cyberpunk yet, what the hell are you talking about? Just think like a really dirty, horrible, groggy city covered yeah. in lights, not really caring about the planet whatsoever, just an absolute hole. So London then? Aye. Pretty much. <laughs> it's just ended up that way. Everything's built upwards and... The plate the the reason why like so the weather in Cyberpunk Daily it's like um they portray this really muggy like it's dark and cloudy oh. almost as if it's just you're just driving through this horrible like smoky horribleness and it's it, for me yeah that's that that's probably where things are headed as as far as humanity now the way I see them. But them or us. But I see that as a short term. That's like a, that's going to be a really short term outcome for us. I can't see that lasting very long. And what what I mean is like how do, like does it not alarm the two years? The um, I hate to reference the same thing over and over again, but it, it genuinely doesn't matter if it's David Attenborough or choose anybody that you like that's ninety. 
does it not alarm you that we've went from two billion to eight billion in that in that time scale when as far as we know humans have been here for like I said earlier four or five hundred thousand years or so the the amount of fuck that things have become in each each hundred years that goes by like the cyberpunk reality is not a reality that your great 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 grandchildren are going to enjoy it's just uh, to me is we are living in this time that's almost near the end should we not completely change everything and then I, I feel like sustainability and um, population have both, uh, irregardless, got so much to do with how that's how that's going to pan out. Because I'm not sure that the world is is going to be able to. What what what's the prediction that the population is going to cap at again, Danny, in like 2050 or something? It was to, I think it was 2056 or something. It's, it's 2050s or something. It was estimated that from that point onwards that the global population will start to shrink. How like how much will it shrink? To, do you know what I mean? What's the, do they have a prediction of how rapidly or? Well, it's not going to be. It's not going to be like oh, in 2060 there'll be three billion people. So all of a sudden, like, do whatever the fuck you want because you're not going to... Do you know what I mean? No, well, I, it's a, the size of families over, like, one or two generations, even for us directly, is quite vast. You know, going from... Use mom and dad's examples. They have family of five kind of kids yeah. on each side. And then yep. mom and dad totally. have had two, me and my brother. So as more than half over one generation. Um, and it's not the kind of case for everybody. And the models, from what I've read, the models of prediction of decline vary quite a lot because it, it depends on which superpower is leading the economy, whether it's America, whether it's China or any yeah. other. Um, that wildly kind of vary um, with things as well because there's a direct correlation between prosperity and smaller families you know it's it's the the if you're if you've got if you're comfortable in life and you're doing a lot of money um not necessarily a lot of money but if you're comfortable in life and you're in a safe situation things like that these families don't tend to be big you know they have one two three kids that are push but if you think that if you think of a terms of a sustainable population model right is yeah if you had a child cap of two, then you're always going to then it's the population the flats. Really. Yeah. yeah. So, and what again? What we're saying earlier, where I feel it doesn't really matter, is we could have half the people on the planet, but if they're consuming two to three times the resource that we are now. Then the amount of people running around doesn't actually matter because the problem is it's the resource, it's the economy, it's the ecosystem of our planet that's the danger. You know, again, when when David Attenborough was zero years old or one years old, or when every ninety-three year old in the world, that it was t- something like two point three billion. Now it's nearly eight, so it's more yeah. than doubled in that small time. So going forwards, if there's only going to be a wavering of a billion or two, I can't see that. I can't see that eradicating the the population issue completely as far as um 
then it won't that, that that won't be a problem anymore because right now in our lifetime the population that we are experiencing in our generation right now is continuing to over consume and we're continuing to um deplete the rainforests and like to me it just it amazes me that that i think it's just because we don't see it i think we don't see literally firsthand um how much we've destroyed the ecosystem within the last 50 years that it doesn't alarm us mm. uh, it's one of these things that obviously choosing this subject is something that i'm passionate about and i think about all the time but um the, the reality is that we're already on on a decline of like we're heading towards doom basically we're not we are not we are not sustainable in what we're doing it's mm. whether it's whether you think the the way that we act like uh, towards the sustainability side rather than population like the way how we consume is just the entire the the entire issue altogether that's the that's the thing that like i said earlier on if the planet had a voice if we were able to ask the planet what it is that we do the thing is kill billions of people (laughs) like is it is it fire to the lands (laughs) <laughs> is is the planet more pissed off at our like basic necessities being met or is it more pissed off about whether it's wind or fossil fuels that's switching the light on in your house like as far yeah, as i can I see it's by sustainability like when i'm talking about sustainability i'm not talking about renewable energy although it's part of it it is what how we consume as a civilization the resources of this planet like the thing is that what where I think this conversation is a bit narcissistic from a humanity's point of view is Earth will continue on, you know. Yeah. Earth will recut. When if, if we wipe out the planet, the planet is a bit of rock that will regenerate itself into some new yeah. form of life, but we won't be on it. So when we yeah. talk about saving the planet, it's not about saving the planet. It's about saving the humanity and, and the, the ecosystem that we know of today. Um, but when we are talking as i mean to me the the population thing is well for one that explosion of the last hundred years has been directly correlated with the production or production of oil because what that's allowed oil's kind of been a gateway drug to many things but what it's allowed us to do is grow at an exponential rate to be able to afford i mean look at a house 100 years ago um and it was kind of a small pokey fire you maybe had like that you cooked on um you had you know like one or two bedrooms if you're lucky everyone was kind of crammed together um you didn't have any refrigerated goods everything was kind of got fresh because you didn't have a shelf life or anything versus now where you could freeze things for months and end you know, you can jump in a shower, no bother at all. You can have a hot bath. You can cook hot meals, every time guaranteed. So, it's all these things that right, you kind of have to think of that is also shifted, that has given us the opportunity to grow as a population. But I do think it'll be yeah. as, as, as I say. We see what see what you're saying. I I think the 
I understand that everyone's saying like, oh, but it's going to peak though. Like, so don't worry about it. It's like, yeah, but the problem started way, way, way before that peak. It started before, like you said, Dale, like our mums and dads even knew that there was an issue. And that, I think that's the important thing to understand is that just because your perspective or your short, like 20 to 30 years um, has been A, B or C, it doesn't mean that, that that's the norm or that, that that should be the norm. overpopulation right maybe you do believe that the population is the issue right but we're going ahead with that's what everybody thinks and we're going to hit hit the thing from the other end of the spectrum as well right but how do you think let's just say if you don't think that that's an issue right now we're all living in a world where that clearly is the problem right there's 30 billion humans and the, the world is almost completely fucked as we know it. No, it's well, eight, 8 billion humans. I am just saying... <laughs> Exaggerating the number, Danny. Aye, classic. Let's classic left-wing media. Let's just say that there is, right? <laughs> and you both agree that overpopulation is the issue. Maybe you're with my main man, Bill Burr. We're getting Bill Burr a shout-out now. Cause oh, yeah, it's my man, Bill Burr. Mummy. Maybe are we him and you think that the answer is just to just start randomly sinking cruise ships? Yeah. Think about the kind of people that I take was, cruises. I was literally <laughs> just about to say a mass cull. Like a uh, letter gets sent out to you, you've got a green or a red letter. If you get a red letter, oh boy, you better start running. <laughs> a red letter? <laughs> you're gonna have a dead time. So you're like you're getting like, it's like a black spot. <laughs> You get pre-warned that you're one of the ones that are going. Hey, like, you're just straight up invited to your own death. Oh, that's so intense, man. Yeah, oh, but you have to... Comes in, the bin man comes round with a shotgun. <laughs> Tell you what, though. Uh, that's what you pay your council tax for. See if you're, like... See if a wee vegan, like, that lives in a wee hut with a solar panel on the top and he gets a wee red letter. It better just be for the cause, eh? Like, it better just be like, oh, do you know what? My life's not as important as the ecosystem. And that's why I eat, like, lentils every day. So I'm fucking, I'm going to walk into that noose, like, welcome it. Yeah, you would <laughs> hear them on and then. That would be it, like. Right. See if we're even entertaining <laughs> that idea of a cull, right? Even if we're entertaining that idea. <laughs> right. No, I say that. I'm, I'm going to start the timer, right? So. Cool. What, what. What do you guys think would be the solution to, to that issue? The, the overpopulation issue, a, a humane uh, solution to that. Boom, let's go. Start. Right. Well, if I was to get on board with the idea of a cult for a start, <laughs> I don't think that it would I don't think it would even be possible um or sensible to give a kind of you know, say we need to knock out forty percent of the population. Just you can't can't just go, right, well let's put numbers in a calculator here and then just like randomly hateful because 
the folk that you that forty percent that you could be taking out could be, you know, doctors, scientists, um, people that will help move the planet forward to become more sustainable after this. And you might be left with people that can't fucking tie their shoelaces together. Um, and you saying just kill the shit bunchers? Um, no, no, no. <laughs> See, Kim careful now, careful now. But but that's what I mean. It's like so how it's if you talk about if we're going to have to cull or if you're having to reduce a population, I don't think it should be done with um, like actively culling. You know, I I think it has to be a generational thing where it is. It could be you if it was to be fair. Say for example, and if we were to do things randomly, say forty percent of the population were selected at random to be sterilized and they just could never have kids and it would be a completely right. across the board that 40 percent you know it's like no i don't agree with it but if because i don't think the population is <laughs> the problem can i just say but if that was what we were doing to me that's only fair way forward if you're if you're killing people on the spot essentially in a more humane way you know give them the wee covid vaccine or whatever <laughs> it's the there's nothing productive because it's kind of like the it's the aftermath of that becomes insanity to me because because there's no be no system of selection you know you could that in part of that forty percent if everyone signed up for it and agreed you might be wiping out you know a country's government or at least you know just by chance it could be all everyone that's in senior part of government and then a country falls into complete disarray for a power vacuum. Just because we randomly went, there's forty percent of the population. It just happens by chance of the forty percent that we've we've just knocked out a country's government, and then things have went. So, shit. so you think that people are incapable of surviving without guidance? Yeah, one hundred percent. Hundred. Now, people, but we used to be remarkable enough to do that for four or five hundred thousand years. Well, but the difference being, well, actually, no. More so people I'll, died. More people no. died. And that that's why. So. Just well, wait, hold on. Let me, let me just, let me. Can I just say then? So, just because I'm massively disagreeing, I'm massively disagreeing on that point, right? When we were talking about like we're hunting gathering like five hundred thousand years ago, there was a tribe and there was a hierarchy and there was a person at the top who was the tribe's leader who made the decisions for the tribe, and that tribe maybe only consisted of thirty people. We are talking about a population of eight billion, and we, if we are, and you're saying that if by chance that we knocked out all the governments of or decision maker, we if we knocked out the systems there's, that we operate on, there's yeah. no chance that we would survive. There's no way that we would survive naturally, right? And that's why I'm going to ask you why you don't think that there's a, a link between population and um, sustainability. Then, if you're going to say that, if you if you can say that eight billion people can't survive um, naturally on this world by themselves. Um, naturally then how is there not a correlation between overpopulation and sustainability of that population of of that said being well when i'm talking about saying people won't survive well a couple of things you wouldn't be able we all wouldn't be able to just survive off the fruits of the land around us because it's all covered in agriculture and roads and motorways and houses but so, not, not even simpler than that. We have not. We have no fucking clue. You think you've you've knocked out everything? If everybody's survival of the fittest, and you're all on your own, 
I'm going to get, like there's no way that we could survive just as scavengers you know like when when I'm talking about the sustainability side of things again and like we are at a point where systems are in place you need toilet roll toilet roll it doesn't just like I'm not saying this to be condescending to you I'm just saying to make my point it's con- toilet roll doesn't just miraculously appear in the shops you know it's like it has to go through a process of being fucking got all these places <laughs> on a fucking lorry the amount of people within that you, delivery chain why to get a quick question why have you chose toilet roll because it was, it was the only thing that I was trying to think of something that went really scarce at the start of lockdown. You don't need toilet roll. You can survive with a dirty arsehole. Uh, you can, mate. You'll not make much friends, though. Aye, but it's not really a comfortable <laughs> life, is it? Uh, right, uh, so so I don't... Me and Claire don't have any toilet roll at all. No toilet roll. So how the fuck do you wipe your ass? Biodegradable plant-based wipes. Right, and they're better than toilet roll because they actually clean your arse. Because there's a Aye, but what's cheaper? Where, where, where do you get them from? Cheaper? Uh, what's that do, do you make do you make them for scratch? Do you, do you go up no, to the hills, Black uh, no. Manshire, and like no, farm, farm the moss, and then uh, and then break it down, flatten it out, and make it into biodegradable wipes? Arse wipes. No, we don't. Wipes. But shit. <laughs> Getting in a toilet and then flushing gallons of clean water with some paper that doesn't biodegrade. Like, what's better? The plant-based wipes, the biodegradable wipes, or what you are then? Aye. I'd say what I'm doing. <laughs> For you, aye, maybe. <laughs> it's just as easy. But anyway, I was just wondering why you chose toilet roll, because it's not a survival necessity. But it's anyway, not, yeah, no, continue sorry, with yeah. the point. Aye, sorry. Um, but it's just the point... I'm, I'm trying to make is we have there's a chain of progression we can't gather things naturally so that chain that production line of things if we knocked out 40 percent of the population that production line of things would collapse so this is what i mean is like i don't think it would be simple to just cut cut out the pop a portion of the population and i'm as i said forgetting the morals for a second i'm just take, thinking this is logistically is you just you wouldn't be able to survive, you know? Yeah. Full stop. Yeah. But why is let Let's not forget the morals and let's remember the morals. Why do morals only come into question when humans don't survive? Because the way that we use the planet, I would say, is immoral, right? And the thing that people that are on the opposite end of an argument right in terms of you're either for what i'm saying or against it's almost as if you personally feel accused for deliberately or let's say you that you enjoy wrecking the the place that that's given you life or whatever and that's not and nobody is ever trying to say that but why do morals only come into question when it's a case of either um, the death of 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 human beings? Because what what human beings do to life, like existence itself, is like so horrendous. It's so so much worse than it's worse than than we all realise. I think. 
if you're going to talk about how many life, so how much life suffers and how many deaths there are, why are deaths only important if they're human deaths, like stuff like that. It's like morals are the the moral of the whole situation is something that you should think about, and I feel that you should be able to extend your moral compass beyond your own race. Interestingly, like just for the crack, humpback whales <laughs> extend their moral compass beyond their own their own species. I've seen that on telly. Humpback whales that they will attempt to save the life of another species that's not their own, or something like that. Look into it. Google it. <laughs> In case I'm slightly <laughs> wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm right, right? But anyway, I, I just think I think it's important that you like need to give everybody a choice in this matter as well. Obviously, like you're a certain like bit, Kenny. You're a certain bit, Danny. Like we all stand in kind of different, I don't know, opinions on this thing. But I don't think you should. No one or no leadership should be able to stand up and tell you how to live and how to do this and how to do that. And yeah. that's when we were just talking about the whole sustainability thing. I don't think I would take too well to, if somebody came up and told me, you're only allowed to have, well, sorry, the overpopulation thing, you're only allowed to have one child, or yeah. you're not allowed to have any children at all, or by the way, you're getting sterilised today. Like these, right. are, these are the extreme routes that we're sitting yeah. there talking about, like, and it's just kind of passing over our heads to think, oh, like that's the road that we need to go down there. Like that's the frightening well, thing. These are these are the rules that, like, I don't think any race should have put on them. But obviously, we put them on certain race, like certain species. But I don't think it should be put on us. One of my like things that I that I think about with this is it, it, it's I I do think that the answer is somewhere because we were the question was like how do we think we would humanely cope with overpopulation? I think the given that this is that we think that this is the issue the answer is is somewhere within less life um created rather than doing some obviously the most inhumane thing would be like a mass genocide or mass murder or whatever the most humane thing that you could do would be to prevent new life um do you know what I mean? That's the most. That's the most humane way that it possibly could go. And if you think that that's really inhumane, what if somebody? What if you could see a glimpse into the future of your grandchild? If that, because people's issue with sustainability and all of these issues is that it's out with the realms of their sort of what they think that they need to care about morally because if you say to somebody oh it's because the planet's fucked and they're like well fuck the planet i don't care about that do you uh, would would you say oh i don't care about the suffering that my grandchild goes through if somebody could show you the suffering that your grandchild or great-grandchild would go through should everybody continue as normal would that not be an incentive to change um your opinion on that would you not be willing to give up the idea of having a large family or any family whatsoever if you knew that that family were going to suffer but there you go like that's the sacrifice who are you going to be saving the world for inevitably named it so hopefully hopefully some people then 
Aye, but then why restrict it? Why does there need to be restrictions? So if we didn't put these restrictions on, would we not get these solutions further down the line to be like, we'll create this, we'll make that? Because there's obviously going to be more people to generate more ideas to then further on society. I'm not sure. I, d- I mean, I don't know if there's a solution that uh, that anyone can come up with for the um, to, I suppose, how would I put it, like reenact or so see our ecosystems or our ecosystem that we enjoy right now, which they mm-hmm. refer to as the Holocene, the um. Ah, the climate that we are in right extent, now. The extent of the rainforests, the whatever shit's going on in the ocean with the photosynthesis, etc. Right? There's it. It took a long time for us to get there, to get to this point. There wasn't always the four seasons, predictable weather, like a climate that all of these beings could exist within happily and easily. Like, I don't. I'm, I don't think that there's any scientist that can come up with an answer to like just fabricate that out of nowhere if it no longer existed so if you had um like thunderstorms and lightning but at the very same very frightening me sorry could, could, could exist. <laughs> but at, at the same time it's fucking 50 degrees outside or whatever like and there's no way that you can farm there's no do you know what i mean i don't think there's like any sort of like synthetic solution for that issue that's that's how i feel that's how i feel about see well seeing the the overpopulation thing the thing because i've heard this argument from from a few sources but the thing that bugs me is as i said right at the start sustainability is never talked about it because usually the logic of that argument is we need to be they need to become more sustainable by culling or reducing the population to a point where it can survive on the planet with the conditions we have today. But what's that number? And it's based on what? Because that, cause that's the two things that bug me about. Because for me, as I says, with if we can... It doesn't necessarily have to be a creation of technologies, but if we, we, if we figure out a way of what is sustainable for humanity and how we live. The thing is, what will likely kind of drive that won't be our personal choices. It'll be the availability of things. So, you know, it's five, um, free plastic bags at a supermarket. You kind of get, you want plastic bags, you have to pay for it. You know, it's like things like that where these things will be driven by, say, consumerism or all that sort of stuff. So it might come to a point where Meat is still available, but it's four times the cost because it's not a sustainable product. And the only way to make it sustainable is having less of them. And having less of them makes it more rare, which then jumps jumps the price up. So it won't stop people having meat. But it'll go back to a point where things like meat was not a daily staple in people's diet. It was maybe the once you had, you know, like the Sunday dinner, the Sunday roast, we had roast chicken, things like that. And during the week, the leftovers from that meal was made into a soup or sandwiches or broth and all that sort of stuff until the next time where you had uh, a meal with meat in it. So that might naturally be driven if that is a more sustainable option. That will be driven by the market. 
So this is what I mean where when we talk about these what's solutions driven, to things. What's driven by the market of the USA? Oil. 100%. So oil right now underpins the US dollar. That's what if you, if anyone in that has a dollar, that value of that dollar is based purely on the value of oil. It's not, usually currencies are all based on how much gold reserves a country has. So currency was worth more if, say, Switzerland, which has a massive amount of um, gold reserves, is their currency is worth quite a lot because you know that they can guarantee the value of that bit of paper because they've got a shitload of gold where if things all default, they can go, right, well, here's a bar of gold to guarantee that value. We can't do it because we sold ours. The US changed it to the US oil. So that's the underpinning of their currency. So the moment, and this is why the US have been so stubborn to move um, away from oil to renewables and that sort of thing, is their economy is completely built around it. So it doesn't... Right. So how they would make that transition is probably it's for people more intelligent than us, I think, to come up with. I'm going to ask yeah, another question then. Hopefully you'll know the answer to. Which, see, between the two superpowers, what, what, um, which country yields a higher population between the USA and the USSR? Um, I believe it's the USA, but that's not the two superpowers. China, well, and, China, China and the US between, are the two superpowers. Between those two. Well, the thing, Russia's not, Russia's only talked about it as a superpower because it's it's got quite an arm, armament. But what's actually making the changes to how we live? Which, um, what, it, what, see, out of the most powerful countries on the planet, right, rather yeah. than just figuring out what I know about that shit, out of the most powerful countries on the planet, uh, which one of them has the highest population? China. Definitely China. Yeah, China. Yeah, and yep. are they, can't, do we have an answer for whether they are more or less sustainable than America or Russia or, or whatever? Well, it, well this, goes, this will back up Dale's argument because it shows you how quickly things can flip, right? So China... Maybe went I, I, I assume that we don't, I assume that between the three of us we don't know if China, we like we don't know if China or China's acts alone as China. If we're going to continue with the lines drawn in the sand thing, I, I always hate referring to countries as a different, a separate issue f- from these things. Yeah. But do, do do any of us know if we're going to just point fingers at China, America, or Russia? Which one, their acts alone, like they do the worst damage to the planet? Well. I mean, in terms of pointing the fingers at it, I believe for emissions, um, at the moment it's China, but and they've got the highest China. population. Highest population, however, is that a coincidence? No, 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 it's not. But because that's a traditional so model. Earlier of, on, you said that you didn't think that population was an issue in uh, relation to sustainability. No, it's not, and this is why. And this is why I specifically how, talked how about China. Oh, hold on, I'll tell you. That? I'll tell you because I was specifically talking about China, right? China situation, man. China had one of the highest density pollutions, um, and I think it was Beijing was one of them, and Shenzhen and all that sort of stuff. In terms of air quality, people were dying due to um, 
lung disease and all that sort of stuff because of the pollution within that city. Right. They have just replaced, the, in one day, replaced a 10,000 bus fleet, which ran on traditional diesel, have just yeah. flipped that, and they're now all electric, so there's zero emissions. Any yeah. new, All the new buildings are being retrofitted. So the thing, China's so new that its initial growth was based on the traditional model that we set out in terms of combustion and industry and all that sort of thing. But the thing is, China has surpassed that now with their own technology. China's right. the, largest econo- um, the largest market for electric cars and um, the largest market for sustainable products. Like every solar panel, every yeah. component for like heat pumps and all this sustainable stuff yeah. is all made in China. Like yeah. they ha- they are now ahead of everybody else. Yeah. So in terms of they might have been at one point the biggest polluter, yeah. 10 years from now, they might be producing more oxygen than they are carbon. That's how quickly China's so went. They'll be produ- producing more oxygen? Yeah. So Proactively producing pro- oxygen? Yeah, so they'll be carbon negative. Which, so isn't, pro- which isn't proactively producing oxygen, really? No, so sorry. So to be more, to be more specific with that, they are, that's, they are producing... They're essentially taking CO2 and out of, gas out of the air yeah and ch- turning it into neutral gases that yeah. benefit us cool which is one which is like one side of the scale but what right so are are any of us able to answer the question around so china's population their basic necessity to survive right so their just basic consumerism like food and stuff like that is that uh, is their country alone? Does that their consuming of of food and and, and the basic necessities mm-hmm. do more damage than the countries that are less populated than them? Well, is that something that I we keep, can answer? Well, I keep bringing China's up China's been through a number of famines. Yeah, they've been through loads of different famines, and then one of them under one of the Chinese. I can't remember his name, but he had the largest death toll ever recorded in the world just because he wasn't feeding these people. Yep. I think he kept China landlocked and starved, like, I'm talking, like, Aye. millions upon millions of people. I think that was the 50s. Was that not the 50s? It was the... It was, uh, it was, sure, it was the predecessor. It wasn't that long ago, but it was fucking... It was Chow serious. Mao? Like, was it Mao? What his name was? That's it, Mao. Yeah. So we... But we the, thing, the, the three of us probably don't know, but as far as... I believe human beings to be equal with every other species on the planet right and what we're talking about with um what it is that that what is it that helps us exist it's biodiversity biodiversity contributes to the ecosystem being what it is right Mm -hmm. um i just I, i feel that there's no way how many billion people are there in china I know that I don't understand that I'm asking all the questions, but I can well, see my point if you if you can tell me. Well, I'll tell you because a couple of, as I say, there's a couple of reasons I brought up China. Um, I doubt that. I doubt. One point four billion. One point four billion, right? In 2019, I doubt, yep. I doubt that one point four billion human beings can coexist within China's ecosystem sustainably. 
Well, but the thing is, so that that's the that is the the direct correlation between population and sustainability, right there. Right. Well, tell. How, well, how tell, can we? How can we ever? May, how can we ever have an answer for there's 1.4 billion people in this space on the planet, yeah. and oh by the way, it's totally sustainable and the planet's completely sound. But how do how can no. we ever have that answer? So I think there's a couple of things I want to address there. So. First of all, in terms of China being sustainable, the whole conversation in sustainability is quite new um, with things. So even the past 50 years, it was talked about in terms of from the 70s from our point of view, but China was still a growing economy. And it was, you know, there's, there was points when China, the only fuel they had was like to burn tires. You know, they didn't actually have petrol or wood or anything like that in certain um, places on the planet. China's land mass um, is much bigger than other parts of the world. So it's, I wouldn't necessarily say it's down to population of a country for Tombic countries specifically. We need to look at the density of population. The other reason I brought up China is when you talk about the population cull or whether we should look at overpopulation and reducing it, China had a one-child policy and it wasn't successful. They've actually undone it now um, because that had loads of ramifications to the point where there was, because of the cultural things as well, with men um, being the preference, or boys being the preference in China, um, any person that had a daughter, they were killed. And then there was, a, you know, a ma major majority of men versus women in, in China. So there's lots of things um, with China that where we've talked about already in this podcast where we think of these things as the solution. And actually, it's like China was... China had one kind of person who controlled the system and everything was, in theory, supposed to be divided equally through socialism, and it wasn't. China's only started to become a superpower now is because it operates as a hybrid where it's a socialist country, but there is provinces um, which are set up um, for a consumerism society, um, and these are the th things that make your computers, that make your chips that manufacture and those sort of things these are yeah. like locked in provinces within china so do you know yeah do you know what's fascinating about issues like that and i totally agree with literally everything that you said danny the thing that's fascinating about issues like that is like see just because democratically like human beings can come to an agreement that something's right or do you know what I mean? They'll all interpret it the way that they want to. That that doesn't mean that the issue in relation to the issue that we are talking about, that doesn't mean that, that that's right or that, that should take precedence just because human beings are upset about it. Just because you or yours or anybody is sad about something being what's necessary to go forward doesn't mean that that is now the wrong answer maybe because that and i think that that actually just shows how bad things are the fact that the answer does make that the answer makes everybody upset the, well well hold on that, that, I, that, I, need, I need to flip that on its head and I'm, i don't disagree with you i don't right. but that argument could be completely made against you as well as for you you're saying that you know it makes people upset you know and maybe they don't like the solution but you're turning around as if the authority and what you're saying is absolutely the only solution is the only like that is the pro well maybe not the only solution sorry but 
Like, I, no. you know, like this is a problem. This is an undisputed fact, which, as I say, I'll I never, agree with you. I'll never claim out that I, I haven't done in the in this podcast, and I never will. That hopefully that will come across. I don't. I, I don't have the right answer. I just. Mm. I don't think that there's a right answer and that the, the problem with right and wrong is that it's it's going to introduce it's going to introduce opinion and it's going to introduce um, morals which are that complex that they change literally within every single human being that you meet. All that I'm going to say is that just because it makes you sad or it hurts you, that doesn't mean that it's wrong. Every, t- every time, in fact, I won't go to the generic every time a person eats an animal, right? Because fuck that, right? Every time a lion, right, in the wild, or two or three lions rip a bison down to the ground by one of its back legs and rip out its tendons or or something absolutely horrible, then the other one grabs it by the neck and rips that out. That bison is... Is that bison happy? In fact, do, do any animals ever... We're the, I think we're the only animal or being on this planet that always has to be happy. It's not about whether you're happy or not. Do you, I've, I've said enough as far as that's concerned. Mm. I'm happy I, 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 get, I get what you mean. I, I get what you mean. I think the human race itself is a disease anyway. I think the main objective of the human race is just to infect the world with large populations and just see where it all ends up for like a fungus. Well, like a wee billions and billions of wee mushrooms pop them up everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like that's the thing with morals is they exist within our minds. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but that's also what makes us human. Do you not think? Yeah. It's, um, in some yeah. ways, I know there's other species that display morals and things, but we can have our morals where we have, you know, it's like. You can have a circle of care, as I can, as I can like to think yeah. of. And some people's circle can be really onto their immediate family. Other people's circle might be to the community or a country, and then other people's circles could be the whole entire planet. Um, and it, I think, it depends on your personality and your own morals. Um, and you could probably argue from your point of view, Kenny, that well, you know, your circle's tiny, but you're because yeah. you're thinking about you and Claire and that's your family and you don't want to be in the next 20 years fighting over um, the tribe next door because you found a stray cat and you need to decide who's uh, who's going to survive that day by fighting each other to eat it do you know it's like so from that side of things you do want to get to a point where we can still have a society where we are free to do what we within reason, do what we want, you know, it's like we have freedom of choice within our moral boundaries. Um, and that, yeah. I think that there's a risk of that being taken away from us because the moment you're put in a survival situation, you will not be thinking of the person that you might have to be fighting to the death with over a certain thing. You're not thinking of, well, what, yeah. how, how, how's their family coping? It's, if and, I don't kill that person, I'm going to die. Right, And then uh, we have went over the the time by a minute or two but considering the if you're going to look at what's sustainable right let's take let's take right we can all agree that with the growth and it is it is that it is um correlated to the growth of population right 
so over the last four or five hundred thousand years again where as far as what we understand through science that human beings have existed in correlation to our era which is only a few thousand years but has the quality well more drastic than that actually the the ecosystem that we exist within has declined rapidly what the way that we live now and within our numbers and our population in correlation to how we did when we were actually still part of the wild what was more sustainable i'm going to go with the fact that it was like that for hundreds of thousands of years and we've only been like this for a small amount of time and things are clearly fucked because there's so many people out there with knowledge beyond the three of us telling us that it's that it is that way and mm. we can beyond that we we can see it in, in ways we I, I think we've all experienced it So that brings us on to our very last 30-minute 30-minute-a-thon on the last subject, the last question. 30-minute-a-thon. Oh, yeah. That's the new obviously, title. Obviously, that's going to be 30 minutes on. We all, we're all focusing on the sustainability subject. And going forwards, what do we all think are the answers as far as the efforts towards sustainability to to continue on from where we are? Do, do you get what I'm saying, guys? Hey, man. So try try to solve the, the issue. What are we've, the solutions? Aye, we've done overpopulation, <laughs> kinda. Now we're now we're doing uh, sustainability. Do your cash of thirty minutes, bitches. Cool. Would you think, Dale? Going right. For Let you? it. Let it fucking... I honestly think just let it run its course. Just see what the changes bring. If we end up in this some sort of like nuclear holocaust, then we're going to have to deal with it. Um, yeah. Just adapt and overcome. That's it. We're like, you're already seeing it happening in uh, modern cities now. Like Just the city we're... Well, say the city we're talking about, the country we're talking about, China. Um, they're creating like green China. spaces on uh, apartments and stuff like that. You're seeing all these changes like all the time. Even in our country right now, the mass shift for petrol to electric cars, like I think everything given time, we will make these changes. And I think we are implementing them at the right time because you've obviously got all these countries as well pledging that they're carbon neutral by X date. And quite a lot of the time they're pushing it down like taking five ten years off it and i think it's quite cool to see the world come together i know it's not as a whole but everybody's obviously trying to make a, a difference and a change so it's uh, cool to see the the first initial changes but going ahead in the future lord knows what we're going to get thrown at like 
We could even like wake up one day and a meteor's like took out half the planet. Aye. What the fuck's gonna happen there? Like, aye. Understand that. It's just, it's always just, and I, I understand the everybody understands. I think the inevitable end, but it's just I think what's alarming about tell a lot of people about these issues is the how quickly they foresee the. Do you know what I mean? The the bad result that they, 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 they didn't want to see. But as far as the whole like carbon neutral thing, man, I would I would struggle to believe that if they're if they're including like diet and food and things like that into that um, into that thing. Because if you're saying, oh, we're carbon neutral, man, like zero zero carbon and that because of the motors and the fucking whatever the fuck, right? Yeah, but see where you get scran from doesn't matter that you live in china but where you're getting your scran that isn't carbon neutral like that situation is beyond carbon neutral where how you how you're being fed just because it doesn't happen in china doesn't mean that it doesn't correlate to china do you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. Am I but then there's already so there's already modern day solutions for that as well like lab-grown meat there was the first kind of specimen that came out not that long ago where somebody mm-hmm. grew, what was it, was that a chicken-based product? I thought, sure it was something, something along uh, the lines of... I'm sure it was like a, like a KFC fillet or something like that. Yep. And so Is they're already... Also... Sorry. Uh, they're already generating like meat and that's another solution that's probably going to come down, what, 10, 20 years down the line, but Lord knows the effects that that will have as well. You never know, like what you're consuming and there's so many different like threats for everything but we're actually in I think the ocean's the biggest indicator when it comes to this see when you're seeing like you're noticing the changes and you're noticing all this coral being bleached and what to a zero pretty much say again Bill aye sorry everybody aye everyone get a a wee cut out there I kind of restarted for me. Um, I fish populations are kind of down to a zero, but that's that was my biggest kind of standpoint for me when I was noticing that. That was my biggest indicator to be like, shit, maybe we should change things up and look into different solutions. But my point was, it's cool to see these implications already being made, or they have been made, and you're seeing the effects of them already. Yeah, I I kind of see. Th- I don't know if it, again, it's just a perspective um, within the, the three of our, like, lifetimes, but I see, like, lab-grown food as fucking mental. And I see it as an extreme response to something that should never, uh, should never have had to have happened. Like, there, there genuinely was a very, very long time where... Um, biodiversity was ninety seven percent stronger as far as mammals. Is that is that not the statistic we get from sapiens, Danny? When they talk about, I'm sure it's just land mammals that you, that they're talking about since the sort of uprising of like humans. Humans, I can't. Dominance. It's like ninety seven percent of like land mammal biodiversity that's been depleted since we. Growing, and I'm not right. saying that like 
all of that was wrong or whatever. Like maybe some, maybe that's a natural some kind of like wavering. Not maybe not deserved, <laughs> but like a wavering like thing that happens within ecosystems and that. But I don't think it should ever. I don't think that it was ever meant to get to a point where um, a species was creating their food in a laboratory because the world around them's falling to pieces. And I'm not. I'm not sure that we're going to end up living on Mars or whatever, but I don't know why. I don't know why. I feel like I'm the most concerned individually of the three, and I'm and I'm not even planning on having kids, which which fucks me up. I know. I think. I think it depends. It depends what I think. It depends how you see it measured in terms of your concern. Because I mean, like I am as well, but I'm trying well you know like within how i do things and how i work like i'm making individual decisions within on how to be sustainable i'm pushing things from a work perspective on sustainability and things like that to try and change how things are done but to see in terms of the meat thing here's my prediction for the how that will end up working is meat will become uh for sustainability reasons done in limited supply um so the farmers aye well farmers will have uh i hear you're laughing but i mean like farmers will probably have a number a limit on how much cattle they're allowed to have um or allowed to produce or butcher or there'll be a limit on it which will drive the price of meat up anyway which will have its own social and economic problems to do with that step so that's when synthetic meat will be the solution for the poorer um, and people who can't afford to have meat and it'll be driven on the green agenda. Um, so therefore, it won't affect the wealthy and the higher ups in society. This is only going to affect people kind of the lower and the middle classes that can't, you know, meat will be the once a week and once a month kind of thing, which will become more sustainable. And then you'll have the synthetic meat, which call me old fashioned but I'm not fucking going near that. Um I'd rather just have Do you a know what, mate? See in Cyberpunk man, Daily C uh the Yakimura is at some point in the story eating the uh, synthetic and he's like what uh, he's in the grill. He's like Aye. fucking fucking plastic and sawdust and that and fucking launches it. So I see we, we keep coming I'm, back I'm, to this I'm, night city yeah. thing, it's gonna happen. Well, I think I'm not even fucking played cyberpunk, and I'm I'm telling you, I'm saying this. Um, but that's that's how I think the food's going. Food's going to go, and it is, as I say, it's more sustainable to grow vegetables than it is to uh, rear cattle and meat and any things. Anyway, in terms of the yield per square meter or hectare, or however they measure it, is you can get more produce um, in a square meter with vegetables than you can meat. The difference being as it is right now, is, you know, you can rock up to the shop and get a broccoli for about 20 pence. You want a fillet of steak, you're, a, you're about 7, 8 quid, 12 quid maybe, depending on what cut of meat is or if you're going to a butcher's or the supermarket. Um, so that's kind of already happening anyway. Um, in terms, so, kind of, you look at the diet as one problem um, that needs to be tackled. Um, the second, as we've kind of spoken about before, when we were saying about kind of carbon neutral and things like that is well do you know what if we can get our home if we can get our homes transport and how we live to not take 
for starters, not take anything out of the economy, um, out of the from the planet. That's probably what I'm trying to hide and say is that's that's a step in the right direction. You know, it's like we talk about the changing things that we want doing. Is these things are happening. The problem is, is in one way you're getting somebody pushing a message saying we need to do this and this needs to happen, and then you'll get some. Usually, who whoever makes the whoever's life that makes difficult, will be up in arms against it. Now, whether that be oil or whether that be carbon neutral homes or whether that be electric cars or you know you name the name an industry that is renowned for not being very good to the environment, which has now got a target on its back, and you know governments are making statements and um, without statement without solution, um, which I don't necessarily disagree with because I don't expect people who you know somebody that maybe was a painter for the full life to say you go do you know what I'm going to be an MP to represent my constituency and then ends up you know being part of a government you know it's like you can't possibly expect them to um, be specialized in sustainability forums and all that sort of thing you know they're there to represent the general populace but when they make blanket statements and things going we need to do this it's up to the industry of that particular thing to find the fix for that problem and that's where i believe and i know dale's kind of in a similar vein with this as well is this is how we will engineer solutions to our problems however there is has to be a 50 50 split and how that's tackled because you can't i don't think we can't sit on our hands and do nothing until it's literally raining acid and going shit we need to figure out a problem now it's like we're doing that now that we're on that journey we're starting to try and tackle these problems but we need people like kenny to be like fuck the lot of you need to fucking fix this right now the reality is it's not possible to fix right now we're coming with solutions right now but because of someone not necessarily Kenny, but you know, like Extinction Rebellion or Big Greta and things like that, who are making a song and dancing a big fuss over something, <laughs> is making everybody else go shit. We probably need to pull a finger out. So yeah, but that's that's yeah, the balance I believe we need. It doesn't really. Do well, well, every person that get a thing, but you'll get a I don't know Donald Trump. You'll get a Donald Trump. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Aye. There's always an equal oh. reaction to. There's but, a balance. But, you know, Kenny, I know you're saying you know, things aren't happening quick enough, but bear in mind, you know, the fifth, I keep going back to the, the 70s, nothing's happened. But really, only since 2010 has this really properly been on the agenda, you know. And only, I would say, in the last five years is it common practice to do bags for life or maybe think about being a bit more sustainable. Or oh, maybe, no, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's happening. Yeah. And that's happened quite quickly in that time. As it says, it's the moment it's ticked over. It's not like a... Isn't to, I, I don't know if it's been with you guys, but it's not felt to me like it's suddenly been a gradual change. It's like one day, everyone decided this is now wrong, and now it is... Everybody is just marching on it. Like, it is yeah. just going full ham. Mm. Or full broccoli. So, <laughs> for me, for me, right, as far as the... As far as just wholeheartedly towards the question of how do we tackle this from a sustainability standpoint, right? And I'm not going to, I'm in a million years, never going to sit here now and then just, and, and just give out the answer. But see the idea 
of um, rewilding the planet, right? So the fact of the matter is is that agriculture, agriculture or agricultural land, whatever. Agricultural land, yeah. Uh-huh. Agricultural land, right, doesn't, um, that doesn't contribute to um, neutralising carbon, right? Agricultural land doesn't contribute to neutralising the carbon emissions within the atmosphere. Um, Rainforest. It it depends. This, that, and the next thing, right? You know what I'm saying, right? I get what you're saying. Rewilding the planet seems to be the big message from the last uh, Attenborough documentary on Netflix. It seems to be this is the that was the big answer that Attenborough came forward and given the world. Like we need to rewild the planet. Showed these wee CGI videos of like drones extracting goods from a natural wild planet that's already um, or is currently contributing to all of the things that that we enjoy um, and we're ungrateful for the Holocene and what have you, that it was off the back of the, all of these comments. And all I could think was, like, I, I appreciated the sentiment, massively appreciate the sentiment of we should rewild the planet, and pro- I, I would go as far as saying that I definitely agree with it. But agriculture um, and our practices have naturally grown with population in order to coincide with the speed of production of goods that's necessary to keep us alive is, is that does that make sense yeah yeah so our efforts um at feeding everyone have demolished the wild planet so you can't really just come forward and say all we need to do because at the end he, the, he literally says and don't get me wrong like i I think without documentaries like what David Attenborough, and let's face it, David Attenborough is the only guy that we can come up with that's that's put out documentaries that really will make people think that that wouldn't normally see this stuff. Um, I do enjoy them, but coming forward and just saying, making out as if all we need to do is rewild the planet and then everything will be fine. It's like, mate, we've got... I don't. I, I. don't think a wild planet would keep up with the speed of us. I don't think a wild planet would coincide with the with the force that that we have. It's like, especially with everybody wanting meat three times a day or whatever, and that that there's a lot that goes into that. And I just don't think a wild planet. That naturally we've we've been through this before. What the solution that he's putting forwards, and we naturally demolished that already b- before the the levels of population that we exist within right now. So how can we introduce that as a solution to the population that we exist within now? Do you know what I'm saying? It just seems like it just seems like he almost didn't think about that. I guess, and that do you know what I mean? I think it needs to be like a serious culture shift in a lot of uh, areas in the world as well because 
obviously not everybody's at the same point. Um, but it's yeah. trying to get everybody on that same page, like you're talking about, like making these changes to rewild the world or to rewild the environment that a city has created. Because imagine trying to rewild for... a city like New York City or something like yeah, that. Yeah, well, obviously you couldn't. And that's the, that's what I'm saying. It took a, it took time for us to get where we are, and where we are within our numbers and our population that is the driving force to how we exist. And I, I don't wholeheartedly believe that that is whether you eat vegan or not, or do you know what I'm saying? It's just, to me, it's more to do with how many of us there are in on the world than, than it has to do with how we act. And that's because I've thought about that from that many different angles. And I, I always tend to push myself back to that answer even watching people like him and he's spent 90 odd years of his life well not obviously not the full 90 but he's spent he has spent his entire professional existence examining the ecosystem and this that and the next thing and i, I might be I, maybe i'm ignorant ignorant then to argue to uh, against him because he clearly will know more than me but i i just look at that and i'm like how will that be possible if there's more than um, 8 billion people on the planet? And I've been for, and my girlfriend will shout out this for me, like she'll second this for me. I've been asking someone like David Attenborough to say on telly, right, to just come out and say on television that the world's overpopulated. And I've always thought that the reason why he wouldn't do that would be because that that would taint the um, distrib- like distribution service of who put that out there, and I think that until he fired he when he put that documentary on Netflix, that was the first time that see that entire documentary. It's David Attenborough. Like he they introduce every scene is introduced after a um, the a, the a depiction of this is how much the population's grown between that time and this time. And then after we show you how much the population's grown, we'll show you what is going on in this time. And I think that that's the closest that David Attenborough or someone like him has came to ever saying flat out that the world's overpopulated. See, I still still have to disagree with... The overpopulation being the problem. I know I'm going to sound like a record here. Clear's mouthing at me. He did say that. What his words are? What his words were at the towards the end of the docu- of the documentary where that human beings have overrun. They've overrun the planet, yeah. which goes to say that they're not just the population, but their acts and, and what what we do to exist is has overrun the entire planet. But there has been for me very clear um, correlation between um, overpopulation and See, obviously non, non-sustainable acts of like humanity. Well, that's I, honestly, I still wholeheartedly think that's the problem because since the Industrial Revolution, you know, it's like prior to that, what was sustainable for the human beings from the day-to-day meant that we didn't grow. It meant that we, you know, you had a croft 
somewhere where you had you had enough animals to feed um to feed your family and sustain your family and a bit of land um and you could you could survive on that and that's what it was is it was purely survival and what's changed with the industrial revolution so if you rebrand the survival is that was a sustainable lifestyle up until 200 years ago or whenever it was i was but 200 ish years ago the industrial revolution happened since the industrial revolution sustainability has never been something thought about it's all yeah. been yeah. and that's so and if you I think about like even uh, even now we talk about saving the planet we talk about being more eco and things like that but no we're, it's not we're not talking about shaping our economy and society to make it more sustainable and that's what i'm saying it's like to me it's 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 two points that just are a coincidence because population has risen with um, growth, and the reason that those two things have happened is because well, it's kind of like give me everything, you know, and that's what we driven on that give me everything. We can have everything that we want. We can do anything we want. Now it could be that once we start talking about being sustainable and shaping a society, that families people might choose to not have kids or to have smaller families and things like that because it's more sustainable. And then that by proxy will bring down and help reduce the population side things. But as I said right at the start, is if we have eight billion people on this planet and we have and there's a way for us to live for eight billion people to survive without damaging the planet, then the eight billion population is completely irrelevant because the planet isn't suffering. The problem right now within our society is we are taking more out than we're putting back in. And those and that's eight billion people that you're feeding, you're sheltering and all that sort of thing unsustainably. But it doesn't matter if we're doing it sustainably how many people are on the planet, as long as the planet's ecosystem and um, the diversity isn't affected, we could potentially have as much people as we want on the planet, as long as it's not a detriment to the planet. That's what, that's would, what I'm trying to get it at. Would, it would if it would mm inevitably become a detriment to the planet and it already has ages ago but that's that's not that that isn't like kenny simpson saying that that i think there's way more there's way more intelligent and way more like information backed people that would say that that aren't me that's what that isn't me saying that i don't i don't i don't think it's coincidental that population grew with new new ideas of how to live I think that population grew um, because of better, better, or, or actually a better way to say better mm-hmm. um, is easier. Population yeah. grew due to easier ways to exist for a human. I don't think that that's a coincidence. And I think that we just have developed ourselves naturally beyond a point where we have to consider nature and there's a lot of people out there and that and Dale might you might be one of them Dale like a lot of people there's a lot of people out there that then would argue that well why should you why why are you saying that that shouldn't happen maybe that's not the case but how can we go forwards um with the knowledge that we have because we have it now so there's no getting rid of it but how can we go forwards in a way that we can hold on to that until 
I guess un- until a time where a lot of the things that people fantasize about maybe they they will be reality. It's the the gamble for someone that says don't hinder the this growth is that you're saying you're excited about Star Trek being your life, but you're taking a gamble that that ever that that ever becomes reality before your ecosystem drops and everyone dies. That's the gamble you've got to take. (laughs) (laughs) You have to take that gamble. You have to be all chips on red or all chips on black. Oh, there's no half-arse jobs here. Like you just have to get to the front seat of the life roller coaster and ride it till it fucking goes off the tracks. Aye, and (laughs) nobody's nobody's gonna be able to sit here and morally tell you that's right or wrong. Like nobody, man. Because at the end of the day, what matters? Like I've always been one of these people that said, like at the end of the day, like what fucking matters? So, I mean. I just feel that, that I think, in fact, I'll just ask you guys, like, why do you think that someday might, that someone might put the planet and the ecosystem and all of these things before themselves and their own natural wants and needs, etc.? Like, why... What puts someone in a mind space where they're like, do you know what, that's more important than than me, despite maybe the having the um, almost opinion that nothing matters. Why would somebody be like, I should put this before me? I think it's the recognition of power as well, because I think like human nature in itself is such a strong, strong power. Because you've seen it with that, uh, linking back to this David Attenborough thing, by Chernobyl. Obviously, that was a chemical well, nuclear reactor, and nature's already took it back. There's like trees and wildlife and everything else, like cutting about. I think a lot of people would put that before their own interests because of the they recognise the amount of power that nature has, um, and that goes hand in hand with can the human race live with nature because they're two on the power scale I think they're both exactly the same that you can't stop nature and you can't stop the human race but I think one of them will eventually cancel one each other out I don't think two can live in harmony and unison I think either one has to go or I think that's it I genuinely think that's the, the case thing is as well though is and I'm just thinking when you're saying that uh, you know we attack the way that we live right now and the way that we are set up but because of society in some circles are so comfortable it gives the opportunity for things like charities to be created to help others because usually people within those charities are in a comfortable enough position that they can help others. So, but though that had, if we went back to a point in time, so let's just say we use something like Crofton as the example, right? If we went back to everyone just got a small slice of land that it was enough for them and a family to survive in, and you had your wee Croft, and you had your land and that's it. 
everyone is suddenly going back to the, you know, you're just operating on yourself to survive. You couldn't do anything outside of that day-to-day, just survive. So, like, I couldn't design houses. I mean, prisons probably wouldn't be a thing because that, because that wouldn't be allowed because that's that's too much of a centralised thing. People get the haircut. People wouldn't go to a barber for the haircut. They just cut the hair themselves. You know, it's all I think because you're suddenly you're then you're just it's all about your own strip of land that yeah. is sustainable and you're just looking after yourself yeah. and nothing else. So there's there is benefits that we've come on this journey as much as there are negatives. As as a society, we've grown and we've changed and we're moulded into something new. And that's I just believe to solve this issue, what we really need to do is take the best bits of what we've got, yeah. some of the worst bits of what we've got, um, in terms of industry and things like that, and um, the money that we've got set up will get us, and it's happening now, as we're getting to a point where things have become more sustainable. I just take, for example, electric cars. To me, electric cars are so short-lived because electric cars allow things to be automated. The moment you've got automated um, transport, nobody needs a car for every single house. That's exactly what I've been... That's exactly how I've been battling that mentally, Diane. It's well put. Uh, I think it's but so it's like this frustrates me because you you know you hear the arguments is like oh well electric cars are only going to save the planet save the planet it's like no they're not but it's this is the thing is annoyingly thing a lot of things that hopefully what I I genuinely believe we will fix this do I believe that it's going to happen in our lifetime no do I believe there's a chance that we will suffer because of it yes I mean um. This pandemic with COVID, I think, is a perfect example of that. We weren't, if we weren't so inconnect, interconnected and so heavily reliant on a global market, we probably wouldn't have had this virus travel as globally as it has. The problem is it's so easy for people to move about, for goods to move about. And Christ, even when the country was in lockdown, flights were still are still going in and out. Yeah. So because whether that's because of the economy, whether I don't, I, I still can't quite fathom why flights are still allowed to go in and out, but like that's, these brakes can't be pulled, you know, it's like we're on a, a bit of a train, we just have to hope, and I believe this, honestly, that we are in a position where people have woken up, you know, it's like we want to make the change, the frustrating thing is the change isn't going to happen overnight, it's because it's like you're trying to steer an oil tanker, you know, it's like when they're coming into port, port, they cut the engines about a week or two before they even uh, hit the coast because the thing is just a, it's just a freight train ongoing and I think this is such a big problem for us, it's such a big thing that it's sad that we will only start to see the benefits of it in our lifetime, I think it's, I think it's, we're on, we're, we've taken the first step and turned the corner, but we'll not see what's around the other side in our lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Happy buzz. With, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> within, the, within the midst of that, the wee timer went off, but I want, I, I had to let you finish that point. Um, just to bring it back to the wee question I, I asked at the end. A wee bonus question at the end of the podcast. Oh, the bonus round. Um, hi. Um, I do. I think that people, and if we're if we're thinking in spite of morals, um, in spite of 
the realization that nothing really matters or whatever happens, whether it's Dale's cyberpunk or um, I don't. I mean, I was going to say, but I don't have a future reality that I think is going to happen or or should happen or or anything like that. Not that I think that you think cyberpunk should happen, Dale, but. <laughs> Um, no, I want I want it to happen. That'd be cool. <laughs> it would be interesting, <laughs> man. It would be interesting. Um, in spite of all of that, I think that people, I think that a lot of people that maybe think the same way as I do, they think about these issues and see them as important, maybe just because subconsciously they might feel indebted to what they see or what they know as what's given them life or do you know what I mean you look at the planet or mother I mean non-religious people tend to call the planet mother earth um maybe it's just this motherhood that you feel um from the planet and maybe that's what you don't want to feel like you're part of something that is destroying this like beautiful thing that let's face it like if we step away from religion it takes a massive it takes so much more like mind like thought provoking um just absolute madness in in order to like come to terms with the reality of how we're here and how much of a miracle that truly is and maybe that's why you don't want to see that you don't want that to disappear quicker than it should or you just you hold value to it regardless of whether you feel that that inevitably that is going to come to an end and you don't want to speed that up maybe that maybe that's whether you know it or not that's what's driving that that battle have you got any final statements on the old fucking situation the human race is a disease we will end up taking the planet Anyway, eating it from the inside out, like some sort of scourge on this planet. Mm. Helps but, you, <laughs> but you think, but who cares? Just let it happen anyway, can I? Uh, Aye, right, just let's let's live on hell. Let's create our own hell. That's what mm-hmm. I'm all about. Could be interesting, like being a Johnny Silverhand character, eh? Aye, exactly. Let's just just roll with it. Let's get that 50 degree heat in the summer. Fuck the corpos. <laughs> the, uh, the corporations and that. Me and Dale are just talking about cyberpunk all night on this podcast, man. I know, I'm absolutely That's clueless. a subject in and itself. Like. It makes so much sense. What about you, Danny? Um, as a sign-off, ah, don't man, worry. Be happy, because every little thing is going to be all right. <laughs> Getting some shout so, <laughs> Despite all that, just have six kids anyway and eat steaks. Are you uh, yeah. Have steaks, eat wings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here, I'm up for that, by the way. I'm, I'm vegan, but I'll, I'm no vegan. I'm no vegan. Um, we, uh, I eat a lot of vegan food, but I'll stick wings in there. Aye. <laughs> Throw some wings it's sustainable. There's there's eight billion to nom on. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Who's to say that's a model? Like you can't question these models. Exactly. Okay. 
Killed. Cannibalism is only frowned upon in some cultures. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say bye now, right now. Over. Cool. All right. Bye, guys. Hi, and I shall. All right. Bye, listeners. All nine of heroes. Bye. Hail Satan. Satan. Hail Satan. <laughs>